following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. everybody and welcome to another week of we watched a thing this week i'm lucky enough to be joined by a true podcasting legend uh coming up to their 10th anniversary it's jd from in session film how you doing mate hey doing very well thanks for having me on i'm really glad to be here especially for this movie we're about to get into so uh yeah i'm, I'm super excited thanks for having me no, thanks for coming. I'm really excited to chat about this movie. And this is the kind of movie that I was like, okay, I need someone classy to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I, they think of us that way. <laughs> so, shall we get straight into it then? Yeah, sure. Let's get into All it. All right. This week, we are talking about Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is a 2022 American science fiction black comedy action film, is how it's been described on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. written and directed by The Daniels, Dan Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. It stars Michelle Yao, Stephanie Su, Kei Hui Kwan, Jenny Slate, Harry Shum Jr. with James Hong and Jamie Lee Curtis. And what is it about, JD? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I love to well, my guess in the deep end with that. <laughs> I here, I will start off by saying this. It is about an aging Chinese immigrant who was swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the life she could have led. Thank oh, you, man. IMDB, for that. <laughs> that is that is a nice succinct way of, of getting into it. <laughs> yeah, that's the ba- very superficial basis of what this yeah. movie is. <laughs> yeah. So straight off the top, given how kind of um, bizarre this movie is, it's an A twenty four release. Of course, it's mm-hmm. been doing extremely well. It's it's done quite well at the box office so far, and reviews have been. I mean, extremely renowned. I've got yeah. one friend who didn't love it, but still enjoyed it. Even people I know who haven't loved this movie have been able to appreciate it at least. Yeah. Are you on the love it side or are you on the appreciate it side? Uh, before I get to that, have you seen, do you like the Daniels previous film, Swiss Army Man from 2015? So I actually, yeah, I actually haven't got to it yet. So gotcha. I've just added it to my watch list this week because I'm very, yeah. very interested, especially after seeing yeah. this. In terms of style and how bizarre this film is, Swiss Army Man is very much the same. And yeah. at the time, in 2015, I was completely blown away by it. Absolutely loved it. And so when they announced this project, it became one of my most anticipated uh, that I was looking forward to. And in January of 2019, that's when the news <laughs> dropped that this film was supposedly coming out. So when we did our most anticipated of the year, this yeah. was in my top 10. It was in my top 10 of 2019. Yeah. And then, of course, it kept getting delayed, which we've come to find out over the last few weeks. They had five people working for all the visual effects of this movie that was part of it. Then of course there was the pandemic and that delayed it as well. Uh, So it's been in post-production for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, That's some high hype for you to be waiting that long. (laughs) Yes. I've been waiting three plus years for this movie to come out. (laughs) And so the fact that it's come out and it's been well-reviewed and people are liking it, it's doing well at the box office. Like, uh, I can't even begin to, to articulate how much that makes me happy. But to answer your question, 
I absolutely love this film. In fact, I think yes. it is my favorite movie of the year so far. Ah, and there we go. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and the first thing that comes to mind after watching this has to be about the oversaturation of Hollywood, right? Because in the mm-hmm. discourse, people are always talking about the lack of originality in film and yeah. superhero movies and sequels and remakes and all of these movies that uh, we tend to get from the Hollywood system. And if yeah. you complain about those movies, but then skip out on this one, you should just yes. stop watching movies. Like, just quit. Yeah. It's not for you because this film is original. It is unique. It is a one of a kind movie. And it's, it's, it's so bonkers. It is so incredibly weird, but it's wildly creative. It's very funny. There are hilarious. Yeah. There are references to other movies that had me howling. Uh, The 2001 (laughs) sequence nearly had me yep. on the floor there's a ratatouille reference that is yeah. oh my god <laughs> incredible i absolutely love it there's uh an orifices fight scene that yeah. <laughs> is somehow both hysterical and painful simultaneously and i don't even know how to describe this rock sequence that we get at the end of the oh. film uh, so touching. Who would have thought so, you could care it, so much about yeah. rocks? <laughs> and I know, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's a. It's a moment that should not work, and yet it's somehow captivating. Yeah. It's moving, as you're saying. But that's the brilliance of the Daniels and what they do with this film. There are montages and sequences here that you've just never seen before in cinema, and oftentimes it's not only innovative in terms of craft and editing, but mm-hmm. somehow they're able to tonally render levity while never yeah. losing sight of what's bubbling underneath in terms of existential dread and the human connection, specifically familial connection. For as funny as this film is, and boy is it scintillating in its humor, but yeah. it packs a wallop emotionally those oh, final yeah. sequences near the end of the film are as moving as i've seen out of anything the last five years or even the last 10 years since we've been doing in session film uh, yeah. which we can certainly get into as this conversation goes but there's some incredible stuff here on fighting for your family and demonstrating kindness that truly took my breath away uh so yeah this film it, it i've as we joked, I've been waiting for it for three years and it more than yeah. delivered. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, so I firstly start this off. I loved this film as well. I'm a mm. little bit on the other side of the fence that I, I knew nothing about this movie. I'm, I'm a weird mm. movie podcaster where I do my best to stay completely away from any kind of movie news. I never know what's Fair. coming out. Yeah. I haven't watched a trailer in eight years, nine years, except for what I see mm. at the cinemas. Yeah. So I hadn't seen a trailer for this film at all. I knew absolutely nothing going in. And I'm going to come straight out with a B-Dizzle's Big Call right up here at the front. B-Dizzle's Big Call. I think that this is the best film that I've seen in the last five years. Oh, I, wow. Okay. I, Love I loved this movie so much from start to finish. And mm. I agree with you. The Everything about it is so well-crafted. Like- when you think about how expert the pacing and the writing has to be for you to be able to cut from a scene 
of a raccoon on somebody's head controlling them. Yeah. To Jamie Lee Curtis dancing with hot dogs for fingers. Unbelievable. To an emotional wallop between these family members. And for you to yeah. still care about that after laughing so heartily. Yeah. Is incredible. It's so mm-hmm. well put together. <laughs> it really is. And that does speak to the magic of the Daniels and their filmmaking here. They're able to create these wildly innovative scenarios in terms of the premise of this film and the bizarre lengths they're willing to go to within this lore that they set up. And there's a lot of consistency to that. That's really interesting. But the beating heart of this film is this rich thematic allegory as it relates to existential dread and family and how our central character goes about navigating the what ifs in her life, her husband, her daughter, which she's completely disconnected with the heart of that. The poignancy of that is always there. Even when the film gets aesthetically into these just bizarre scenarios and, and the craftsmanship in those scenarios is it's out of bounds. It's absolutely bonkers. And yeah, they do such a great job of, of, of creating these environments that are so engaging and mesmerizing, like from an action standpoint or from a time jumping standpoint. And and yet you're so utterly invested in what's happening emotionally. The way they strike that balance is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the thing that amazes me most is just, you know, looking at the editing of this film, the, the amount that this movie jumps around, you're seeing mm-hmm. different timelines, some of them very similar to each other, some of them so outrageously out of this world. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing them literally, as the film states, all at once. And yet you never lose flow. You never get confused about where you are in the story or what is happening. It just flows so beautifully from one scene into the next. It does. I, I completely agree. And I think I'll use that as a jumping point here. And forgive me if I ramble on here a little bit, but I do want to talk about (laughs) what I think is so rich about this movie, because I mentioned that it is so rich as an allegory. And there is a lot to parcel out of this film thematically. When you look at Evelyn played wonderfully by Michelle Yeoh in this film. She is amazing in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. But early on, they do a great job of establishing her existential dread, this overwhelming sense of banality that she feels her relationship with, her husband Wayman is on the rocks. He's seeking mm. divorce because of Evelyn's internal aimlessness and how that's affecting their relationship. Then there's her ethos toward her daughter, which is rife with insecurity and closed mindedness uh, because her daughter joy is gay and that doesn't sit well with her. She's not satisfied with her daughter's weight. She doesn't love her tattoos. There's a vivid disconnect between the two that's left her daughter joy feeling quite removed from her mother. That shot of joy as she's driving away in the car early on is so heartbreaking. And through this, insanely bonkers multiversal adventure that the film takes us on. Evelyn goes on this journey of realizing her banality is simply a matter of perspective. I think that's Mm -hmm. what's so weirdly moving about that rock sequence near the end of the film, despite how funny it is, but it's this moment where the film reiterates just how insignificant we are in the larger universe, which can be, 
seen narcissistically as is the case with joy in that moment. But for Evelyn, it ironically gives her perspective. We're all given a small moment in time and what gives us purpose isn't fame and fortune, but rather love and family. And that sounds simple, but I love that the film wrestles with how complicated that often is. There's a duality to it because at one point Evelyn gets drunk and she signs the divorce papers, realizing that maybe separating is best for her and her husband, Wayman, or that she has to let her daughter go. That for Joy to be happy, she has to let her daughter be away from her. And for a brief moment, she relents to that idea. However, circling back to the main allegory of the film, there's something profound about fighting for your family, fighting for those relationships, despite how murky they are. But again, there's a duality to it because how you fight is important. It may have been admirable, but throughout a lot of the film, Evelyn was fighting without clarity, without joy, pun intended. And once she embraced (laughs) kindness, she has this epiphany that comes about things to her husband, Wayman, ironically, she was able to see her truth that her life is messy. Her family may be messy, but it's worth going through the mess together. Oh, I love that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously this, like you said, thematically, there is so much to unpack. Like the movie has a lot to say about family and stuff. Have you said one thing that I also love about the film is the way it's comment on just, life in general and i think you kind of said it there life is messy mm-hmm. and i love that even before she kind of enters this multiverse you can see already that through evelyn's eyes she is already having to look at everything everywhere all at once which is yeah we all are all the time and yeah. particularly yeah. women i think and particularly mothers their heads are in a million places all the time yeah you know i need to do this i need to do that what's happening with this and yeah. i i love i love the way that the film almost juxtaposes by by showing how similar regular life is to this kind of concept of the multiverse. It's, yeah. it's just crazy. <laughs> it, it is crazy. I think that's what's so great about what the Daniels do here in terms of giving Evelyn this potential dream scenario. Because one of the multiversal angles that she goes to in this place is this life that could have been as it relates to fame and fortune and being a movie star when she doesn't have her daughter or her husband weighing her down. And she gets a glimpse of that. She's alert to that. And, you know, we joked about this when we talked about this movie in our review, because obviously those uh, sequences are inspired, aesthetically speaking, and tonally, romantically inspired by Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love, a movie that I absolutely adore. I never thought I would say this, out loud, but if there was ever going to be an American remake of that movie <laughs> in the hands of the Daniels, yeah, I think I could, I'd be okay with that because man, they, <laughs> yeah. they mimic one car Wai so well. And I love what those sequences do emotionally toward the end of the film in terms of flipping that idea of allure on its head when yeah. she realizes her own emotional isolation and yeah. the what if flips on its head and it becomes this idea of again fame and fortune doesn't mean anything if all i do is go home and i'm alone at night and i'm miserable yeah like you said i, I love all the allusions to other 
pop culture, other movies, uh, music. I, I love the little yeah. references to absolutely story of a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. The, you know, your hair never falls in quite the same way. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then the next couple of times she enters a multiverse, I couldn't help but notice that a version of that song was playing in the background in about three or four of the different universes oh, yeah. she enters. And it's just this nice yeah. little touch that's just so funny to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the music all around, the score here is really great yeah the references and so sometimes they're they're obvious sometimes they're these these little references like the the one car Wai stuff won't stand out if you've never seen his films uh yep. whereas the ratatouille stuff a little bit more <laughs> obvious uh <laughs> that you know or, or the rock stuff at the end i think has like 2001 vibes to it yeah a little bit yeah and can we talk about that for anyone listening that hasn't seen this film? Obviously, we're talking spoilers here, so I'm assuming that's not the case. But still, that moment is—it's a silent film, right? Where it's just yeah. two rocks visually having this dialogue through text on the screen. Yeah, no music, yeah. no dialogue. It's very <laughs> quiet. It's utterly hysterical. I've never seen anything like, and it comes so randomly. It feels like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I was, I was really happy when I saw this film that the cinema I was in was fairly full, which oh, it's nice. only showing. Yeah. It's only showing in one cinema where I live. It's only showing on one screen, you know, a couple of times a day. But I was really happy to see that it was so full. The entire audience mm -hmm. was laughing hysterically during that scene. It's when, so good. when the words "ha ha ha" come up <laughs> on text. <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah. Joy's response is, ha, ha, uh, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> Just, so good. It's gold. <laughs> it's so good. But like, yeah. you know, and as random as it feels, and in terms of execution, yeah, it's very funny. And my crowd was very similar. They were laughing throughout the entire thing the, that first time we see it. And it's certainly meant to come across as very funny. Mm. Which is a bit ironic, I think, because the dialogue itself, for the most part, taps into Evelyn's existentialism. Oh, 100%. And the disconnect between her and her daughter. So at the heart of that conversation, and it's actually still very moving. It's very poignant. Mm. Again, the Daniels never losing sight of what's bubbling underneath the surface. Yet the exchanges between them, yeah, it's, it is very funny. And they strike yeah. a great balance. And I tell you what, the, the brilliance of this film, when I knew this film was truly special, again, circling back to what I was saying earlier about this whole idea of fighting for your family, because there comes that moment where Joy says to Evelyn, you need to let me go. And she, yeah. she says, yes, you can go. And there's a montage circling back to all these, these various multi-universal sections that we had seen before. And one of them is the rock sequence and the daughter rock tumbles over the cliff and falls yep. away. And then a few moments later, narratively, Evelyn stops Joy from running off and says, no, look, I, un I understand we have our differences and you can go if you feel that's best for you. But I love you and I want to do this with you. We may not have much in common. Our life might be messy, but it's worth going through this mess together. And, yeah. you know, thematic idea of love, as I mentioned earlier. And then the film circles back to another montage of Evelyn in all these multiversal sections, again, pursuing her daughter further. And then when yeah. we get to the rock moment, the rock, the mom rock tumbles over the hillside, falling after the daughter rock. Yeah. And I 
cannot begin to articulate how moved I was by that. I legit shed tears over that. And it's yes, out, out, of con- out of context. It's just, it's actually this funny gag. It's just two rocks falling over this hillside. Yeah. yeah. And I was in tears. And that is the brilliance of this film. They, they somehow evoke this deep, profound emotion over two rocks falling over a hillside. It is unbelievable. I'm so glad. I feel so justified because I was just about to get to that. I, I, I cried as well. So that was probably yeah. the first time. And then for the next kind of 20, 25 minutes as the film ends, I was on and off teary. Yeah. I, like yeah. I, used to, I used to get ragged on a lot because, you know, I cry in movies. But it has been a while. The last time I cried in a movie was honestly rewatching Titanic about a year and a half. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I love Titanic. Uh, whereas, yeah, but yeah, th- this is the first time in quite a while that I've like actively shed mm. tears. And the fact that this movie made me cry and laugh so hard, yeah, mm. I agree with you. That's when I knew that this movie was something really Absolutely. special. Can we talk about the acting in the film? Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you mentioned Michelle Yeoh. She is fantastic in this film she's mm-hmm. uh, e- easily the best performance i've seen this year yeah um but ky kwan as well who people will remember as short round ma- yep. mainly or the kid from the goonies yep he is fantastic in this film he he stole every scene he was in i for me completely agree and it's so funny because on our show we have the incession film awards that we do every year, which obviously isn't bogged down in politics and marketing. Like (laughs) the Oscars is we typically just go for whatever we think is the best. It would not surprise me at all. If his performance is mentioned Mm. in some way, shape or form when it comes to the incession film awards at the end of the year, whether it be a genuine best actor or best supporting yeah. actor uh, performance or maybe a best surprise performance, which is a category that we have because he is so good either way. Yeah. He should be recognized in some mm-hmm. way, shape or form and God willing by the time the Oscars does roll around next year, that him and Michelle Yeoh are not lost in the conversation. And the fact that this film yeah. is so well reviewed and it's doing so well at the box office is if a 24 put some money behind it, it might have a slight outside shot. Either way, that is to say, mm. I completely agree with you. Michelle Yeoh on a ridiculous level. And she yeah. often, especially within the Hollywood system, doesn't get these kinds of meaty roles all the time. And yeah. so for her to have this, I mean, she takes full advantage. She's great. But Kei Huan Kwan, who hasn't been in movies recently. In fact, I, I saw an yeah. interview uh, this last week where he said after The Goonies, uh, a lot of roles dried up. Like it was hard for him. Like he basically fizzled out of acting, not because he didn't want to do it, but because the roles just weren't there for him. So yeah. he ended up doing stuff behind the scenes for the last 20 years or whatever. But he wanted to get on camera again because he was inspired thanks to Crazy Rich Asians and its success, which yeah. is a whole nother thing in and of itself that's fascinating. So he gets in contact with an agent, gets hired to be a part of this movie, and he is ridiculously good. He's yeah, so especially he's so good, especially because he's playing essentially two very different characters, right? Where mm-hmm. Wayman Prime, who is from a different part of the multiverse, who is trying to help Evelyn survive all of these, you know, nefarious circumstances they find themselves in. That that guy is smart. 
He's intelligent. He's very knowledgeable when it comes to you know martial arts and action and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then Wayman, the the earthly presence that is the husband to Evelyn, that dude is a, a little insecure himself. He's more soft spoken, yeah. uh, a little bit more volatile, and. You know, and, and, and reeling from guilt because he's the one that is wanting to divorce Evelyn. Like he's the one that got the papers to start that whole process. I mean, they're yeah. two distinctly different characters, and he is able to transfer back and forth so seamlessly. Yeah. It's so remarkable. Definitely, and he's so funny as well. Oh, he's very just, funny! Yeah, like in in a lesser film, you would almost be inclined to describe his role as the comic relief, just because he yep. provides so much levity. But the film is yep. so funny already that it is. It just you know you can't really put it that way. But he is mm-hmm. just great. I, I mm-hmm. on the Oscars thing, I, I think the real shame is that because this film has come out in April now, yeah, yeah, it. I mean, it's so rare that a movie that comes yeah. out this early will still have conversation. I mean, yeah. who knows? From memory, the year Parasite came out, I think that was kind of a June release. But being international, it was a little bit staggered. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd be really nice if this was still in the conversation come Oscar time because it, yeah. it deserves every piece of praise it gets. <laughs> I, I agree because, I mean, by that comparison, because I think Parasite, I could be wrong on this, but Parasite... Other films that come out in May or that premiere in May and June, oftentimes they come from Cannes. Yeah. And sometimes those films do trickle into award season quite heavily. Now, obviously, this film did not premiere at something like Cannes, as prestigious as yeah. that festival is. But the release of this and the festival is only about a month or so apart. It, it's not yeah. that far. It, a lot of it will really come down to A24. How much yeah. money are they willing to put behind this? And they're not Netflix. They're not Apple. They have, his, historically speaking, they haven't put a ton of money into their Oscar campaigns, comparatively anyway. Yeah. Uh, they just don't have the resources. They may not even care as much. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which is a completely fair approach, to be honest. <laughs> I agree. Uh, no, I completely agree. So it, it just depends. But this film seems to be doing so well financially and critically yep. that maybe they give it a re-release later in the year. Um, and who knows, maybe, I mean, it'll go on to Apple, I believe because a 24 and Apple have a partnership if I'm not mistaken. So, yep. I mean, once it, once more people at home get to see it on top of its box office success, it might have a slight outside chance either yep. way though. I'm just glad that people are watching it. Uh, cause this on its face, it's a movie that's so weird and bizarre and, Important to note as well, it doesn't star white people, yeah. uh, which does factor into it a little bit, at least with some audiences. The fact that it's doing so well, despite what yeah. could be working against it, is just insanely awesome. I, I love yeah, that. Absolutely definitely. love that. It helps to, I honestly, I'm every time I look at the budget of this film, I'm, I'm shocked that you can make a film look this good for. 25 million. This is a beautiful looking film. It is. The cinematography is gorgeous. The visual effects, like you said, such a small VFX team. Mm-hmm. And it is really, really, really stunning. It's work. so good. Like, 
Yeah, everything is just beautiful about this movie. I just, I love how nicely it's put together. Absolutely. And for context, again, for anyone listening that may not know or have heard this, but uh, Daniel Kwan, one of the directors, came out and said that they basically hired their friends, five of them, to do all of the visual effects because things were so backed up within the Hollywood system, they couldn't really get a foot in the door. So they yeah, had to look elsewhere. Yeah. They just hired their friends to, yeah. to do it, which you know yeah. took a little bit longer than usual. Which is well, why yeah. the film and this was is, delayed. This but. is not a movie with minimal. No, there's effects. a lot. Like, yeah, this is not a movie with minimal anything. This is maximalist to the extreme. Absolutely, and like even even little joke sequences, like the multiverse she enters, where she's got an insanely strong pinky, and yeah. you just see yeah. those muscles <laughs> bulge on that pinky. Like it's a it's a simple yeah. shot, but there's still a lot of work there. Like, oh, absolutely. Or I love. I mentioned this in my opening thoughts, but the uh, there's an action sequence that involves the orifices of these two. Yeah. Going after Evelyn, uh, and, and the effects there, the blurry effect, everything about that yeah. is just incredible. It is so yeah, so the, good. The choice to mosaic those, uh, yeah. those body parts just makes everything funnier. You know, I've yeah, I've I always agree. been a fan of censoring something makes it funnier. Like yeah. I will often randomly beep a word on oh, this yeah. show just because I think beeps are funny. Like, yeah, I just think beeps are really funny. Like there is nothing fucking funnier than a really long outrageously long beep it's just it leaves more to the imagination about what does this look like oh and even yeah. though they're still wearing like undies or something at that point it just makes it so much funnier to oh just my god blur that I, out <laughs> i completely agree it, it is absolutely hysterical like the gag in and of itself is already great but the blurry fuck does make it in many yeah. in many regards. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I love that. Absolutely love that. And then like on the other end, you have like the puppeteering of the raccoon and the whole ratatouille yes. gag, which is <laughs> in and of itself incredible as well. Uh, yeah. Just the effects all around, just phenomenal. Just so, so yeah. good. Well, I guess one other thing that I, I could mention that I think is is really interesting because, you know, we mentioned earlier that, Part of Evelyn's journey in this film, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, circles around not just family, broadly speaking, but these closed-minded ideas that she has toward Mm -hmm. her daughter, Joy. I mean, there's a whole through line between her and Raymond as well, which, again, going back to something you said earlier in this conversation that, you know, women everybody but especially women and mothers they're having to think about everything all the time and that obviously uh comes through in this film very well because it's her own existential dread it's her husband wayman it's her daughter joy uh it's their lives together uh as one uh there's also the whole tax element of this as well with jamie curtis that's hilarious uh so there's a lot going on with that character but as it relates to joy she has these closed-minded ideas as it relates to how her daughter looks, the tattoos, the fact that she's yeah. gay, uh, as as we mentioned. And I think specifically what's so interesting, and the film does directly tackle this, uh, and this is part of that epiphany that we see at the end of the film that we were referencing earlier as far as, hey, let's just go through this mess together. Uh, yeah. That she, that Evelyn has to come to terms with 
that close-mindedness because throughout the film, throughout the bulk of this movie, she is affably fighting for her daughter. Even when she finds that, yeah. that her daughter, like the variant of her daughter, Joy, is the main antagonist, the quote-unquote antagonist of this film. But the irony is, really, Evelyn is her own antagonist. Yeah, uh, definitely. Because, yep. because what's driving her daughter's variant to take these actions wholly comes through because of that closed-mindedness. Mm-hmm. And so she yep. goes on this fight, this journey to fight for her family, but it's still it, like there, there, there's a barrier that's as affable as it is. There is some sort of barrier that is not allowing things to progress in the ways that th- she thinks that it should. And which is what I love so much about that whole moment of just let me go because yeah. you get to the end of the film and it could have just ended there. And we would have all loved Evelyn for making that choice because that was the right choice. They're they're just two very different people. Yeah. But the whole idea of fighting, I'm going to fight further for my daughter. Yes, you can go, but I'm going to fight for you. That comes off the heels of specifically her coming to terms with her close-mindedness and realizing that that is the barrier. And that, yeah. hey, you know, it's okay if my daughter's gay. There's that whole moment where she lets that out in the open with her father and yeah. man, again, another, another through line with Evelyn, we learned that her and her relationship with her father was strained and not yeah. very good, which was a part of it as well. And, you uh, know, so she comes to terms with the tattoo. She comes to terms with who her daughter's sexual identity. She comes to terms with the mess. And, and that I think is important. I, that to me is what I love about the duality of, of Evelyn's journey here, because on, on its face, it's affable that you're fighting for your kids, but how you fight is important because if you're just fighting, but carrying your closed minded idea still, yeah. then it might be fruitless at the end of it. Yeah. And, and yeah. her epi- or her, like the results that she wanted doesn't come until she realizes she's got to let go of those barriers. Uh, and I love that about this film as well. We haven't really mentioned that, but that is such a big part of this movie that I think is is so important. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I think the inclusion of Evelyn's father as a character adds so much because through Evelyn alone, you then you get to see parenthood from both perspectives. You get to see how you're affected by your parent as well how you affect your children, which mm. is such a huge theme to this film. As you say, Evelyn is almost her own antagonist because the way she treats Joy through her own closed-mindedness is what mm-hmm. creates that villain, essentially. And that's what we're all afraid of as parents all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. you yeah. are constantly afraid of, am I am I doing things right? <laughs> like, you know, you can't mm-hmm. help your own closed-mindedness to a certain extent. But you need yeah. to. I don't know. It's like how do you how do you deal with that with children? It's it's just beautifully shown in this film. I agree. I agree. And and just with Evelyn's father as well. And this is my own American myopic lens coming through here a little bit. But it was also fantastic to see James Hong on screen and like by himself because he's so known for his animation work, uh, yep. whether it be with Disney or Kung Fu Panda. Uh, or any of the television stuff that he's done. I mean, he's he's that voice alone is so recognizable in America. Yeah, I'm sure it is in other parts of the world as well. Uh, you know, he's, he's got such a distinct voice for animation, and this is 
you know, one of the few times, at least in recent years, where he's been on screen as himself, yeah. uh, you know, doing a performance. And so it was really nice to have that as as well. As jarring as it can be at first to be like, <laughs> I know that voice so well. Yeah. And now yeah. getting to see his face. Uh, but I love his performance here as well. I mean, it's it's one of those performances that's small in the grand scheme of things, but what he yeah. does, like there's these subtle little things he does throughout the film that make sense of that reveal we get at the end that, yeah, his relationship with his daughter wasn't the great. And that context speaks to why Evelyn is the way that she is with her own daughter as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just I, the, all, the storytelling and all of that is just incredible. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, and on like voice and 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 language, I think the the choice to present the film in that mix of Chinese and English language. Yeah, yeah. Is, honestly, like it shouldn't be, but it is a brave choice because that mm-hmm. is going to be a barrier and a turnoff for some audience yeah. members. But it just adds that authenticity that just makes this film go to the next level because I agree. That's that's how people speak. That's how Chinese immigrants living in America speak. They do kind of mix between even you know, the film starts and in the first minute they're flitting between, you know, just Evelyn and and Wayman talking amongst each other, flitting between mid sentence. And it's just Yeah. It's it just sets you it gets you in the mindset of Evelyn, I think, a little bit better rather than I agree presenting something that might come across as false. Oh, I completely agree. I love that choice as well. And, you know, if some people feel as if the film is reaching... Now, I can't speak to Chinese culture specifically, but I live in South Florida, and that, like, that way of living is absolutely the way... Uh, Latino Americans, at least here in South Florida, that's how they speak all the time. And yeah. they'll flip back and forth between Spanish and English mid sentence. Yeah. And it's, you know, just the way, you know, immigrants in this country, at least, you know, I'm obviously kind of speaking broadly there, but a lot of them certainly do live that way. And I do, I agree with you. I think that authenticity does factor into their rela- the emotional authenticity of this film yeah uh, which i think is really really important when when the film does go off in such kind of bizarre tangents at time having that base of authenticity just it allows you to accept everything else that happens because you don't like it's hard to call this a fantasy film because it just it it feels so real and raw at all times yeah 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 that is again going back to really i i feel like the fundamental ethos of this film as we stated early on there's such a a brilliant and almost sorrowful but very cogent uh uh, approach this film in terms of the the fantastical and how wild and bizarre it is but emotionally speaking everything here is so grounded and so genuine and relatable to some degree or another uh, and that balance here, just it's it it's what makes this film so unique and so one yeah. of a kind. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. So I'm I can't do anything less. I'm a ten out of ten on this film, which happens very very rarely for me. I can't remember the last time I gave a film a ten. I mm-hmm. I gave The Godfather a nine and got shunned for that. But this, 
I, I love this movie. I walked out of the cinema and I couldn't wait to get back into the cinema and watch it again. So I'm hoping that everyone listening has seen this movie because spoilers. But if you yeah. haven't, go see this movie. Go see this yeah. movie as many times as you can so that it gets seen. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's my favorite film of the year. I can't fathom that this won't be in my top 10 at the end of the year. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, I when it we start doing our incession film awards. It's probably going to be in many other categories, uh, you know, as, as we get into that. But yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough either. It's absolutely fantastic for the purposes of this. I'll, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I'm one of those a holes that, um, I don't do, I don't give new films, perfect ratings a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like the highest on Letterboxd, I'll usually give a new film is four and a half, which is where this yep. sits for me. So, uh, but this is as good at, like, as far as ratings go, this is as high as I'll give any new film for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I have nothing to fault about this film. I think yeah. it's execution right through from the writing to the, the final output is just so good. Every performance is just so good in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's pretty flawless top to bottom as far as I'm concerned. Well, JD, thank you so much for joining me. This has been awesome yeah, this was to fun. have such a such a serious conversation about such a funny film. <laughs> I, Can that, you- that is the brilliance of it though, right? Like <laughs> yeah. and, and we could have just spoke forty five minutes about how funny the film is. Like, oh, it's it's yeah. that rich just in terms of the humor. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell everybody where they can find In Session Film and and just what you guys do and how wonderful it is? Uh, so you can find us at InSessionFilm.com. That's the easiest way to find everything that we do. Uh, so in terms of podcast, we actually have three shows, but two that run throughout the entire year. So we have our main show, which is myself and my co-host, Brendan. Uh, that comes out every Tuesday, sometimes Mondays. Uh, but early on in the week, and we talk about some sort of new release. Usually, it's the you know a bigger release. Then we'll have uh, a top three that will go along with it, or if we're in the middle of a movie series, uh, we'll you know be doing that. Such as like right now, we're in the middle of a Steven Spielberg series. So right now, we're kind of going through his his movies. And then on Friday, we have uh, what we call extra film, and that's a podcast that also dives into a bunch of movie series. So if you like directors from yesteryear um, or if they get into new movies, it's usually those uh, like hidden gems, like the indie movies or like the the ones that kind of fly under the radar. We try to highlight those, spend some time on those because uh, uh, oftentimes the best movies in a year are the ones that, you know, the mainstream has never heard of because it, you know, it yeah. went out to two <laughs> theaters and then went to BOD, <laughs> but it's excellent. Uh, so we try to pay attention to those as well. And then we have an Oscars podcast that will kind of uh, pop up toward the end of the year for those that uh, uh, like the podcast. But on the website, we also have written content. So we got reviews, yep. we got different essays and lists and all that sort of fun stuff as well. So uh, all the links to everything, links to the podcast, links to our social media. Uh, again, you can find it all at InSessionFilm.com. Yeah, that's awesome. It, I would highly recommend checking out the website. It is For any Appreciate kind of it. film buff or nerd, it is fantastic. Go listen Thank to you. these guys. Go read their stuff. It's just, it's it's a lot better than what I put out. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and again, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun, especially getting no, to talk was- about this movie. I absolutely enjoyed this.
Well, thank you so much. I'll have you back on again for sure. This yeah. week, I was also lucky enough to guest over on the Countdown podcast, mm. counting down our top 10 movie monologues, uh, okay. which was a lot of fun. The catch was we had to perform them. So, oh, um, okay. So, you know, I get to crack out some of my yeah. famous impressions. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, that does sound fun. Oh. <laughs> All right, and next week uh, I will be getting to the unbearable weight of massive talent, mm. which I'm very excited for. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. I was supposed to go to a press screening this week, but it turns out my other hobby, which is playing hockey, uh, has <laughs> infiltrated my life. So I will no longer be going to that presser. So I'll have to wait. But uh, I am very, very excited for it as well. Nice. All right. Well, thank you very much. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. You're still here? The, The show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watched a Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash We Watched a Thing. Go watch a movie.